0: talk line network radio america's longest running jewish broadcast network the voice of the jewish community welcome to the podcast
1: and now you're listening to talk line with zev brenner america's premier jewish broadcast on the air since 1981
0: and now here's your host
1: and we're back. It's always a treat. We always love having Harvard Law Professor Emeritus Alan Avi Dorshwitz here on the air with us. He's a prolific writer. He stands up for his principles. He's not afraid to speak out even though we become some popular in today's day and age. And he's just written his 50th book. That's right, 50. It's called The Price of Principles, available on Amazon. He hosts a daily podcast on Rumble and we carry it every night at 11 p.m. at talklinenetwork.com and WVIP 93.5 FMHC2. Professor, good to have you back again. How are you?
0: Well, I'm doing good. You know, I'm still being canceled by the 92nd Street Y, by Temple Emanuel, by the Ramaz School. I'm trying to defend Israel, but these Jewish institutions that are happy to have people like Peter Beinhart who don't believe Israel should exist as a state have canceled me because I defended President Trump, uh, back in, uh, uh, 2020 during his impeachment. And so I can't speak at those institutions. Other than that, I'm doing fine.
1: <laughs> well, we have you over here and they may not let you speak in sure. Martha's Vineyard, but you have an open door anytime and we love having you on. So I want to pick your brain. What's happening to us? Because you are somebody who sticks to the rule of law. You're, you're an advocate of that. And what's happening? I, I, a lot of people have called me. They were upset about the raid. The, you have 30 armed federal agents, FBI, raid the president, President Trump's residence of Margot Laga. What's going on? Is, is there a basis in law where they can just go ahead and do it without due process? Is there such a thing as due process anymore?
0: Due process for me, but not for the—they apply different standards depending on who you are. Look, I am not a Trump supporter. I voted for Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. And I want to be able to vote against uh, against uh, President Trump if he runs again for reelection. So I don't want him to be disqualified. I want to have the right to vote against him. You should have the right to vote for him. That's what America is all about. Let me tell you what really happened uh, yesterday in Mar-a-Lago. So they think they have probable cause on a minor, minor, minor crime of taking classified material out of the White House. All the presidents do that to write their um, memoirs, um, obviously. Hillary Clinton had a home server. Sandy Berger put some classified material in his sock. None of them were gone after with search warrants or a serious criminal uh, prosecution. So so what are they doing? They're using the search warrant as an excuse to search for January 6th material. They're not interested in more material on classified information. They have what they need on that. And, you know, so the president should get a $10,000 fine for that. But they're really going after him to try to disqualify him from running for president again, which would be unconstitutional.
1: But let me ask you the question. They say he took documents. First of all, he's out of office over a year and a half already. That's number one. Yeah. So what I read, they said the warrant was for a crime that's being committed. So if a crime was committed, it would have happened a year, a year and a half ago. So why execute it now? Wouldn't the process be that if you want to get this kind of information, that you send a subpoena? Isn't that how it's normally done? Could the FBI just show up any time where they feel something is wrong without
0: due... That's why I'm asking, what's happening to our rules? Look, if it could happen to former President Trump, it could happen to you, Zev, it could happen to me, it could happen to all of your listeners and viewers, uh, the normal course of events, I've been doing this 60 years now, the normal course of events is to issue a subpoena. And then the lawyers come in and say, look, here are the 15 boxes. Uh, These are were never classified, they're, they're okay. The rest of these, some were classified, but they were declassified by the president. Others have privilege, lawyer-client privilege, executive privilege, go through every one of them and see which ones are kosher and which ones are, are treif. Uh, instead of doing that, they swept it all together in a search and they grabbed anything they could see, uh, even things that were not justified by the war in itself, in the hope maybe... If you do a fishing expedition and throw out a net, you're going to catch one fish that may have nothing to do with what you're searching for, but may give information about uh, January 6th. That's what I think is going on. And it's a scandal. It's not right. And Merrick Garland has to account for this. He should be holding a press conference yesterday uh, to explain why you don't use a subpoena and why you use a search warrant on the former president of the United States.
1: Now, you said something very interesting, that you believe they're on an efficient expedition to find things related to January 6th. So my question to you is, if they have a subpoena, which is, I guess, not a subpoena, if they have a warrant from a judge allowing them to come in to look for a specific item, can it be broadened where they can take anything they want and prosecute anything even not related to what the warrant was issued for?
0: That's a great question. The Constitution says that to have a warrant, you have to be very specific. You have to focus on the third draw from the bottom of this cabinet, and we want to find in there a letter from so-and-so to so-and-so. But there's an exception, and the exception is plain view. If you see it, now we're talking about seeing a smoking gun or a dead body. If you see a document, you have to read it. Obviously, it's not in plain view. You're not going to see a document that says Donald Trump now admits that he knew he lost the election and he's engaged in a conspiracy to defraud the United States. If they, not if, if they
1: break that. into his into his safe, is that considered in plain view?
0: <laughs> no, uh, it reminded me of Geraldo Rivera, this great program where they were going to find all the hidden loot from um, from one of the mafia guys and they spent hours and hours and hours opening up the safe and they found nothing in it. The same thing was true here. nothing Nothing was in the safe. They should have just subpoenaed and said, remember, Trump was a 1,000 miles away. He couldn't destroy anything. And so they should have just subpoenaed the boxes and said, present the boxes in court tomorrow morning. The judge will go through them. That's the procedure that the Justice Department generally requires. That's obviously what happened in other cases, uh, but they engaged in a search warrant here. And a search warrant is essentially lawless. Yeah, you get an approval of the judge, but judges Give out search warrants the way parents give out Halloween candy, uh, or Hanukkah guilt. Uh, and, and, and that's not a protection. And, and there probably was probable cause for searching to see if there's classified material. But what they didn't tell the judges, we're not really interested in the classified material. We're interested in January 6th. Well, you know, you couldn't get a warrant for January 6th because there's no probable cause. So they used probable cause on the classified material to go after material that they have no basis for going after. That's wrong, and that's unconstitutional.
1: Does President Trump have any legal recourse in this kind of situation?
0: (laughs) He does, and I'm shocked that his lawyers weren't in court 10 o'clock yesterday morning, or 9 o'clock this morning. If I were one of his lawyers, I would have been there at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning yesterday, demanding that the material be frozen, that a special master be appointed, that Every document has to be gone through before the FBI can read it. You know, there's another issue that nobody has discussed. If there is classified material in there, it may be so super classified that even the FBI is not allowed to read it. Uh, The FBI also operates under systems of classification and extreme, extremely secret material for eyes only are not available to the FBI. So the FBI may have violated the classification system themselves by going in and sweeping too widely and getting so many things that they had no legitimate reason for seizing
1: it seems to me and whether you like donald trump or don't like him there's a rule of law that has to be applied equally to everybody that's what i like to say and i and i thought we (laughs) had that kind of a system But can the FBI, which has become politicized, pick any judge who they know is going to be sympathetic? And they can go after anybody, It's what you started to say before, and say, we're not going to bother with the subpoena. We're not going to go through the regular process. We're just going to do a search warrant, and we're going to get a sympathetic judge. It seems like that's a movement, and it's happened before. It's not the first time. I believe one of the Trump employees one of the uh, people from the Trump administration also they entered his house they took materials out his name escapes I don't know if it's Peter Navarro or somebody else with either the same kind of thing without a due process it seems to be a trend which is worrying
0: it's very worrying and there is a trend it applies to Navarro it applies to Paul Manafort It applies to Stone these people should never have been arrested they should have gotten a call the lawyer gets a call here's what happens I've been doing this 60 years I'll get a call saying, by the way, your client was indicted an hour ago by the grand jury. We'd like you to bring him in. If if it's convenient, bring him in tomorrow. If not, bring him in on Thursday or Friday. And I'll call back and say, you know, it's a little inconvenient. I'll bring him in next Monday. And they say that's fine. Uh, but they never, never arrest people like that. And here they arrested them, put them in shackles, send them to solitary confinement. That was not the equal protection of the laws. The laws have to be exactly the same. Look, I'm a liberal Democrat. I voted against Trump twice. I want to have the right to vote against him a third time if he runs for office. I don't want some bureaucrat telling me that I can't vote against Donald Trump. You have the right to vote for him if you want to. Many of your listeners have the right to vote for him or against him. But bureaucrats shouldn't decide that. A South American dictator once said, for my friends, everything. For my enemies, the law. And Lavrenti Beria told Stalin, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. And people like my former colleague Lawrence Tribe are prepared to trash the Constitution. Do you know that Lawrence Tribe said that he's been trying to persuade Merrick Garland, his former student, to indict President Trump for attempting to murder Pence? Now, if he had written that on an exam in criminal law, he'd get a C- with great inflation. Uh, And it's just dumb and it's zealous, and it's immoral, and it's unprincipled. That's why I wrote my book, The Price of Principle, because I want to make sure that people go back to the days of principle, where principles trump partisanship. But we're living in a world of complete partisanship. Um, Nobody applies the shoe on the other foot test. How would people in the Democratic Party like it If the same rule were used against Hunter Biden or even against Joe Biden, I can easily imagine under this rule, 30 people descending on the White House and searching the living quarters of President Biden to see if he has any mail from Hunter Biden, which refers to him as the kingpin. Of course, the judge should never grant a warrant like that. Some people on the Republican right say, oh, Clinton should have been indicted and Berger should have been indicted and Biden should be indicted. I don't want any of them indicted. I don't want the Democrats indicted. I don't want the Republicans indicted. That's what we have elections for. If you don't like what they've done, vote against them.
1: We're seeing with Harvard <laughs> Law Professor Emeritus Alan Avi Dershowitz, 50 books that he's written. The 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 first, the last one, and I'm sure there's many more to come, is called The Price of Principle, available on Amazon. You can listen to him on TalkLine Network nightly at 11 p.m., uh, courtesy of Rumble. Let me ask you this, Professor Alan Dershowitz. You mentioned that President Trump had an option of getting his lawyers going in and trying to get things changed, which they haven't done as of this moment. Is there any group that can do it? Is there any other group that can say, hey, listen, there's a violation here? Is, is it only the president who can do it? Can the ACLU, if they still exist, they only exist uh, for partisan matters? But is there any other group that can challenge? Because this, can, as you said, can happen to anybody.
0: Look, if this were a search of a Democrat's house, the ACLU would be in court instantaneously, But the ACLU uh, puts getting Trump over supporting the Constitution. So you can't count on them. Uh, you got to count on people like you and me uh, to make the case in the public. That's all we can do. Yeah, I've been canceled in many institutions because of my defense of President Trump's constitutional rights. But I still have a right to talk on your show. And your listeners should write to their members of Congress and to... Uh, senators and explain how this is wrong. Chuck Schumer should be opposed to this. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo came out against it, um, but more Democrats should come out against it because this transcends party affiliations. It's wrong whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, a conservative or a liberal.
1: This can set a precedent. So, for example, if the Republicans take power, they can do the same
0: thing and have the FBI. And they will. And they will. Look, I've been banned from the Chilmark Public Library. I've spoke there every year for many years. But once I defended President Trump, they banned me. That precedent will now be used in Texas to have public libraries ban speakers who are pro-choice, speakers who are anti-racist, speakers who are pro-Israel. Um, once you establish a precedent allowing a public library to ban speakers on partisan purposes, which is what the Chilmark library has done to me. So, you know, my family is very much opposed to me suing the Chilmark library. I live near the Chilmark library. I borrow books from it. I grew up near the grand army. You know, I went to high school near the grand army Plaza library. I love libraries, but to protect the library from violating the first amendment I may have to sue them. I had an article in the Daily News uh, over the weekend about why I may have to sue a library that I love. I hope I don't have to. I hope they'll change their mind. But if they don't, I have no choice. I'm a man of principle. And I have to live by my principles, even if it hurts me personally.
1: So is the only option we have in today's day and age is to sue? I remember last time we spoke, Professor Dershowitz, we spoke about anti-Semitism. He said the best way to fight anti-Semitism is to sue the anti-Semites, which I right. understand easier said than done. But in this case also, is the only option we have is to sue?
0: I think a legal option must always be pursued. Look, <clears throat> if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. If you're a lawyer, everything looks like a lawsuit. So, um, you know, that's what I do. I still am in favor of hit, hit a Jew, we sue. But <clears throat> we haven't picked that up. Um, but, you know, Nat Lewin, the great, great lawyer in Washington, has sued terrorist groups, has sued, you know, many, many organizations that have been anti-Israel. He and his daughter, Eliza have done amazing work in defending the Jewish community in the courts of law. I've tried my best to do that as well in the Soviet Union and uh, in other countries in the world. I work through an organization called Aleph, which is a Chabad organization. I do pro bono work for them. And we've helped many people get out of, of prison. And people who are in prison, we've helped them get kosher food. We've helped them avoid being killed or beaten up. So there are a lot of things that can be done legally, but more important things can be done politically. Vote for the candidate of your choice. Make sure that you get out. And, and vote and contribute to political campaigns, it's so important to be involved politically.
1: No, it is. And you've been involved politically. You're paying the price. Is anything ease up in Martha's Vineyard? This no, it's not. It I'll tell worse. you what happened
0: just, just today. So I was invited to an engagement party this Saturday night to a close friend, and his daughter was getting engaged. And uh, we were looking forward to going. We got a present. We got an email this morning saying, A number of people told us, if you allow Dershowitz to come to the party, uh, we won't come. We'll boycott you. And so they disinvited me. Um, Another one said that if I invited you to my concert, that would be social suicide on the vineyard. Uh, You are persona non grata solely because I defended the president of the United States. He's the most unpopular man probably in the history of Martha's Vineyard. And so if I defend them, people don't understand that I didn't vote for him, but I will continue to defend them. If he's arrested now and his lawyers ask me for advice, I will give them constitutional advice, just as I gave Edward Kennedy constitutional advice, Bill Clinton constitutional advice, Alan Cranston, uh, various other democratic functionaries. I don't use politics to decide who should be defended under the Constitution.
1: Are these friends of yours, people that you know for a long time, that are shunning you now?
0: These are people, Larry David, I helped his daughter get into college. He used to work out in my gym. He calls me disgusting because I patted Mike Pompeo on the back to congratulate him for what he did with the Abraham Accords. So Larry David won't speak to me uh, anymore. Very close friends, people whose daughters I helped uh, not get thrown out of high school, one couple, and the mother walked in saw me at a dinner, and walked out. Uh, these are people who i 've known for years, and uh, I can take this. I have a thick skin, but my wife, uh, my son is being discriminated against um, my other relatives as well uh it 's McCarthyism, and it 's McCarthyism which I can fight but it's very difficult when the McCarthyism is directed against my wife and my children.
1: How is the Chabad? I know you were putting together a Chabad house in Martha's Vineyard.
0: Wonderful. We're going there for Shabbos dinner uh, this Friday night, and then we're going again next Friday night where they have a speaker. I'm very active in in Chabad. Uh, one of the reasons I helped to establish Chabad here is because the Hebrew Center in Martha's Vineyard is anti-Israel. Um, you know, they prefer to have Peter Beinart, who doesn't believe Israel has is a right to exist than me who defends uh, Israel. The rabbi and the rabbi's husband are both J Street types and very strongly anti-Israel. So we need another congregation. You know the joke about the Jews found on the island, Desert Island, he has two congregations, Martha's Vineyard, We need two congregations, one anti-Israel, one pro-Israel.
1: And I would assume that the ones, the rest of the congregations, wherever they are in Martha's Vineyards, are probably anti-Trump, and I'm sure the Chabad has a more sympathetic ear there for the people that go. Well,
0: they don't get involved in politics. We have people in Chabad who are on all sides of the political spectrum, but they believe in toleration. You you argue with people who you disagree with. I went to a dinner there a couple of uh, Shabbos ago, and I sat next to somebody who was very anti-Trump, and that's okay. Um, we we discussed it, we argued about it, and that was fine. Chabad is welcoming to everybody. They don't ask you what your politics are. They don't ask you whether you're orthodox, conservative, reformer, an atheist. If you're a Jew or you're married to a Jew, um, they welcome you. And, and, and they welcome you with their neshama, not only with their brain, not only with their chachma, but with their neshama. And that's what Chabad is so good about. And it does so much good protecting and defending people in prison all over the world. It's such a great honor for me to work for OLAF, uh, uh, the organization that I've been for the last, I don't know, 10 years, devoting almost 50 percent of my time uh, to pro bono work with organizations like OLAF.
1: No, they're a wonderful organization. We have only a few moments left, so I'm curious, what can be done? Because we're living in a woke society where we're seeing the DOJ, Department of Justice has been politicized, the FBI has been politicized. These bodies shouldn't show favoritism to Democrats or Republicans or anyone. They should be following the rule of law, but things have changed. So what can be done? from a legal perspective, to make sure that these institutions follow the law? And is there any oversight, any watchdog? What what could be done?
0: Well, there's no watchdog because the watchdog group is Congress, and Congress appointed a January 6th committee consisting only of Democrats and two Republicans who vote Democrat, and one of them was left is not running again, the other who's going to be defeated. So uh, we have no oversight at this point. I think we're in the most dangerous situation that we've been in since McCarthyism. And, you know, I was a Brooklyn College student when McCarthyism struck. And although I was very anti-communist, I defended the right of communists. As a result, the president of Brooklyn College would not write me a recommendation to go to Yale Law School. Fortunately, other professors did. And I got into Yale Law School. But um, McCarthyism was terrible. And this is almost as bad. I was also on uh, uh, Richard Nixon's enemy list, and I was audited four times during four years. And each time the government owed me money, which was fine. But uh, clearly, I was selectively being prosecuted, not prosecuted, but being audited. And the same thing is going to happen now is they add so many more um, uh, IRS agents um, to um, the list of IRS agents. We'll see many more people ordered it, and i worry that they'll be ordered it on political grounds people should be ordered it if they cheat on their taxes of course
1: they should be ordered not because of political beliefs and that has no. happened in fact they didn't give a pro-israel group a nonprofit uh, status years ago i remember during the obama administration
0: <laughs> i remember that and there are many anti-israel groups that do have status although you're not supposed to be partisan but uh, that's the reality
1: Professor Alan Avi Dershaw, always a pleasure. Thank you for speaking up. I know it's not easy. A lot of your friends have abandoned you, but uh, we love what you're doing. We support you.
0: you Make up for my friends by just ordering (laughs) my book on Amazon and write a review of it, because that's the only forum I have. This forum, book forums, and I need people to read my books. That's how I get my voice out.
1: The book is called The Price of Principle, available on, on Amazon. Pick it up and make sure you listen to Professor Alan Dershowitz nightly at 11 o'clock Monday through Thursday on WVIP 93.5 FMHC2 Talk Line Network, as well as on Rumble, courtesy of Rumble. So always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you. Be well. Keep doing good things. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. One of the most important Jewish institutions in the world today is TalkLine with Zeb Rana. He is so smart, and he is so innovative, and he has so many interesting guests. I don't know what Yiddishkeit, I don't know what New York, I don't know what the world would do without Zeb. So Zev Yashikach, may you go from strength to strength and keep keep informing us and educating us and keep fighting for Jewish values. Thanks for listening. For continuous Jewish programs, talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the thetalklinenetwork.com.